The Final Frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise, its continuing mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Or woman. Where no man has gone before, Jordan. (laughs) Stop trying to join our fun space adventures. No girls allowed on the ship. I'm excusing men are not men without women. But no, they did change it to um, where no one has gone before. Yeah, inclusion. Inclusive. Inclusive. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Star Trek. Even though man in this context is short for mankind, which includes woman. Yeah. And, um... Everyone. Dear small small buses dinosaurs okay, small buses are not mankind just anything that's alive people get offended way too easily now i blame the millennials we are millennials <laughs> millennials <laughs> <laughs> all right the more you know <laughs> all right this has become our our old people complaining about millennials podcast you know what i don't like about millennials is that they drink starbucks every day yeah they drink starbucks every day but Starbs. They, but they can't afford a house <laughs> they're on the internet but um but they don't have a job hi guys welcome to better late do you want to okay yes hi welcome to better late this is a nostalgia podcast where we talk about old shows that either we grew up with or shows that are old that we're watching for the that first we're time. watching for the first time that we, that we always wanted to watch yes like star trek the next generation yes which is the show we watched tonight. So I'm going to be um, really upfront and honest with everyone just because honesty is a positive thing and this is a posy podcast. No naive vibes, babe. Don't start the podcast with, I didn't like it. No, 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 no. I'm not going to do that Build at some all. anticipation. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not going to do that at all. But I am going to let everyone know in full disclosure that I did accidentally fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> during the first episode so things may be a little scratchy there i blame wes because he always likes to put on these these tv shows late at night when i'm very tired and i come home from work and i have to deal with customers and clients that are crazy and then i have to watch star trek we're all it's ti- a very monotone show just letting everyone know we're all tired at night babe you can't blame it on me I blame it all on you. You can't blame me for just the human condition. <laughs> it's just a very, I'm going to be really honest, it's just a very monotone show. It's a lot of monotone vibes. Move past the monotone. Go You've on. said it a thousand times. Go on. That's like me and clams. Just going to move on. Oh, no, no, no. It's not even a quarter of the way annoying as you and clams, Clam. actually. Clams. Clams. Um, hey, Wes, do you know what, um, Gabrielle, do you know what she's going to eat tonight? Clams. Yeah, she's going to eat clams. Do you know what Gabrielle <laughs> likes to eat every night? Clams. Yes, exactly. She likes to eat clams. Well, when you have that many clams, you're going to eat clams for dinner. <laughs> uh, it was really good. It was those little garlicky clams that we had at that place. How... <laughs> how... How could you not understand why Gabrielle loves clams and then empathize just now about how much you like clams i don't say i like clams you you are starting a conversation of how much you liked clams that time we ate clams but this is a lot of conversation that doesn't need to happen okay jory doesn't have the patience for shows that aren't um titillating no that's not true but it just has to have some kind of grabbing story or a grabbing character that I connect with. Okay, Captain Picard's not going to rip off, you know... Uh, his shirt? He's not going to rip off his shirt. Okay. And then... And then start, and then start get, doing some... some um... Paperwork. <laughs> okay, I was actually going to say... Um, that movie the movie with the guys that were like pole dancers magic mike magic mike thank you <laughs> i can't think tonight so yes it's like one of those movies where he like rips off his shirt so jory's um bar for good entertainment is magic mike um no <laughs> yeah, star trek so. is probably the opposite of magic mike it is there's no stripping the polar opposite. there's no everyone keeps their clothes mm-hmm. on which would be mm-hmm. impossible not to do because they all wear one-piece spandex unitards. <laughs> so it would be impossible to strip out of those. <laughs> unitards. Leotards. What did I say? Unitards. Well, what's the difference? <laughs> what's the difference? If you have to look it up, then you can't laugh at me for not knowing. A unitard is one 
tard. <laughs> and a leotard is a lion tard. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah, it is. Oh, I see. There is a difference. Wes has a very valid point here. For once, he actually has a valid point. Don't pander to me. <laughs> Star Trek The Next Generation is the follow-up to the original Star Trek, which was made in the 60s by Gene Roddenberry. It ran from 1987 to 1994 and spawned like uh, 34 movies, one of which featured a young Tom Hardy, who wasn't a cute little beefcake yet. He was very small. Aww. So small. Oh, little small Tom Hardy. He's tiny. Aww. Yeah. Okay, did you all know this? But Captain Picard is Professor X. Good lord. (laughs) I had no idea. You can't see it, but I'm rolling my eyes so hard. (laughs) It's so crazy. It's like watching a show with my grandma. So it's a show about a crew of people, both human and non-human, that go on diplomatic missions to foreign planets. The theme of the show ultimately is about unity and friendship and friendship and different people being able to coexist with each other, Diversity. basically, and how we aren't so different after all. Coexisting. Coexistence. Coexistence. Anyways, that's basically the general theme of Star Trek. With, um, you know, aliens from different planets as stand-ins for people of different races and different cultures and whatever. So, uh, Star Trek was created by Gene Roddenberry, who was a very morally complicated character. He was a World War II fighter pilot who flew in 30 dogfights. Did you know that? I didn't. It's Tell probably where more. he got his, um, his love of flying around. Uh, after the war, he returned home to Santa Monica and became a police officer. And that's around the time he wrote Star Trek, while he was a cop. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, during this time, he cheated on his wife a lot, and also had an affair with the actress who played Uhura. Uh, he divorced his <laughs> wife, and then remarried another woman, who he also cheated on until his death. Really, though, the thing that you ought to know about him is that he is the songbird of his generation because he wrote lyrics to the theme song and the lyrics are super good. Do you want to hear them? I do. They were so good that uh, he did not include them in the show. Beyond the rim of the starlight My love (laughs) is wandering in starflight Oh gosh. I know (laughs) he'll find in star-clustered reaches Love Strange love a star woman teaches. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Is that really the lyrics? Yep. Oh. That hurt to sing. Yeah, I bet it did. I mean, it didn't really sound pretty Soul either. Died. It'd be early. Well, I also kind of forgot what the melody was. Oh. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. The theme song uh, for the show was created by uh, Alexander Courage, who was a composer. Gene Ronberry, in a scumbag move to steal half of Courage's royalties wrote some dumbass lyrics that he knew wouldn't be used in the show <laughs> so he could get a co-writer credit. What a jerk. So he could literally steal half of his royalties oh for gosh, every time the song like was played. Such, like a like a thief. He's just a thief. He, yeah, well, yes, he blatantly stole this dude's like income. Yes. This like sneaky but technically legal maneuver. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what a jerk. Yeah. So uh, Courage was really pissed off, obviously, and left the show and never came back. Yeah, good for him. But they didn't need to, because they just used that theme song forever. Stupid. But That's they never so used the bad. lyrics. So bad. <laughs> it's kind of genius, actually. Oh. So let's recap. Pro, he was a World War II hero. Mm-hmm. Which is awesome. Yeah. Uh, Pro, he lived in California. Definitely. California. Definitely a pro. Uh, pro, he created Star Trek. <laughs> you like that? Love it. Keep, keep, keep going. Keep going. Okay, so those are the pros. Cons, adulterer. Douchebag. Yeah. Also addicted to cocaine. I forgot to mention that earlier. Narcissist. 
don't know. I'm just throwing out bad terms. That seems okay. <laughs> that also seems like a downgrade from what I just said. <laughs> so yeah, kind of a mixed bag of a person, but uh, nevertheless, he had a huge impact on science fiction and pop culture for yeah. years to come. Yeah, I guess so. Okay, so we are introducing a segment in the show called "What, what Year, year is, is It?" Yeah. <laughs> what year is it? Oh, I like that actually. Technically. This bit was created for the last episode, which is for um, Degrassi, but we took it out because it was too much of a bummer because because uh, <laughs> the segment is, here's some things that happened in the, in the year that the show took place and um, or the, when the show was created, and Degrassi was made in 2001, so we kind of had trouble finding something good that happened in 2001 that wasn't a total bummer you know what let's try it again for this episode so 1987 <laughs> uh the unabomber blows up a bunch of buildings and kills a bunch of people uh the iran contra situation happens the amtrak train crashes and kills a bunch of people this is terrible the stock market crashes uh baby jessica falls down a well who is baby Jessica, and why did she fall down a well? She was a baby, and she fell down a well. That's <laughs> so sad. It's pretty self-explanatory. Poor little baby Jessica. Okay, so uh, those are the bad things that we can't avoid, apparently. But the good thing... Because we keep watching shows that happen to take place during awful years. But the good things that happened... The good things. Aretha Franklin was the first woman inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That's rock and roll. Yeah. Looks like she finally got the respect she deserved... <laughs> I'm so lame. Oh, why aren't you laughing? Because <laughs> you're lame. Okay. The first Legend of Zelda game and the first Final Fantasy game were both released. Hmm, that's a good goal. Yeah. Um, I didn't know that. Baby Jessica was rescued from the well. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's I'm the glad. positive. That's the positive. I need to look story. up this Baby Jessica story because I have no idea what he's talking about. Okay. A baby fell in a well, in a well and it was a big deal. It was a big news sensation. Was it, like, dropped into a well? How yeah, did it a baby, fall into a well? I don't know. A person is, like, bringing groceries inside the house, and they had the baby under one arm, and they're, like, they got a phone call, and they had to, like, put the baby down. Like, I'm just going to put the baby down on the side of this well really quick while I answer the phone because my hands are full. And then, wouldn't you know it, baby falls into a well. And it wasn't even an important call. So, Aaron Carter was born. He was famous for wanting candy. Which may or may not have meant pills. So, what were you up to in 1987? I'm not being thought of or born yet. That's sad. So, I was negative. Negative two. Negative two? I was also <laughs> negative two. Oh, real. So, we're basically the same age. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was negative two, I was really into swimming around inside my dad's balls. It's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. It's a beautiful illustration. I was also really into eggs. Whenever I would see an egg, I would just rush right towards it, and I'd race against my 100 million other brothers and sisters to get to that egg. <laughs> Man, we wanted that egg bad. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about the characters of the show. Okay, okay. That sounds like a good idea. The main character is Captain Jean-Luc Picard, who is mm -hmm. played by Patrick Stewart. What do you know him from, Bib? Oh, um, I believe it's X-Men. Yeah, who's he playing X-Men? Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. um, I think he plays the Cyclops dude. Okay. He plays a Cyclops. I believe so. Uh, Patrick Stewart looks much younger and yet the exact same age at the same time. Mm, kind of, yeah. I think it's because he's bald. I think at the point that you get male pattern baldness, you just kind of get stuck at that age forever in time, like when you become a vampire. He's strong and he's smart and he's confident. He's, he seems like a good leader so far. Mm -hmm. So next is William Riker, who was played by Jonathan Frakes who was the host of Beyond Belief, Fact or Fiction. Another oh. 90s show that was awesome. He is very beardy, <laughs> though in the first episode beardy. he doesn't have one, and it's kind of weird to see. Because he's just one of those guys that needs a beard and looks weird without one. Totally. As I mentioned before, the first few seasons aren't so good, and I've kind of anecdotally heard people say that around the time Riker grows a beard, that's when the show starts to get good. So, uh, we may end up just fast-forwarding till that beard grows on. Uh, the next character is LaForge, who is played by LeVar Burden from Reading Rainbow. Usually when we watch a show, I'll be 
working hard, writing notes, and like trying to have some kind of information to relate to our audience. And Jory will be on Instagram. But this time, <laughs> she was actually writing notes, and I had like a little proud tear in my eye of pride. Like when a, like when a child uh, says their name for the first time, and when a child poops into a toilet for the first time instead of in their pants. And then I look at the notes, and Jory has written... <laughs> Black cyborg. <laughs> no other notes. The more you know. And then a rainbow appears. He was not really in the episode we watched or the next episode we watched so much, so he is not in. We are not going to reference him ever again. No, we've learned at this point in the show <laughs> that um, some characters, just for the sake of creating a narration for our audience, just it just isn't. You know, we'll mention them, but they ain't coming back. Mm-hmm. They ain't coming back. Mm-hmm. Worf. He is a Klingon, and he is all about honor and being a strong warrior and all that kind of stuff. He also was not in the episodes that we watched, so he also will not be mentioned again. Next is Data. Data is an android. He's kind of like an android version of Dwight Schrute from The Office. Yeah, definitely. He's very Mm -hmm. direct and monotone, but also kind of um, sees himself as superior. Mm -hmm. Um, He's a funny character. I like him. Uh, next is Psychic Gypsy. Psychic Gypsy. Do we know her name? I didn't catch her name. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I can't remember her name either. <laughs> I think it's Troy. T R O I, not T, not Troy. Like my like my buddy Troy. Okay. Who works at the bar? Mm. You know Troy from the bar. Troy from the bar. Yeah. yeah. She's also half uh, Betazoid, which is a race that could read minds and speak into people's minds, but she's only half Betazoid. Um, which I think is the writer's cop-out to not make her, if they decide that a problem can't be solved by mind-reading, they could just go, well, she's only half Betazoid. Uh, Yar, I don't remember her first name. She's in charge of security. She's basically their bodyguard. She is very strong-willed and a little bit um, stubborn, and how else would you describe her? I think strong and stubborn are very good, too. Okay, but what are, what are one other adjective? What are one other adjective <laughs> that you could add? Oh my gosh. Badass? This would, would have been a lot easier for you if you hadn't fallen asleep, you know. I know. I'm sorry. I've apologized numerous times. Okay. Next is Wesley. Who is a little boy. Yeah, and I'm obligated to like because of his namesake. <laughs> but I don't like him. Picard doesn't like kids, and I think I understand why. Wesley is the only character who doesn't wear a uniform. In Star Trek, everyone wears the one-piece leotard, unitard, whatever suit, and their outfits are supposed to be practical and timeless, kind of just like a mm-hmm. a work suit that is, you know, multi-purpose. Wesley wears a big, dumb 80s sweater. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Picard probably spent all this time trying to get his crew matching outfits so they'd look fleek, so that they would be on on the fleek. (laughs) And then in comes this little boy with his dumb sweater in space. It just doesn't... It's pretty stupid. Yeah. And he's like, we were going to take a group photo later. I sent out the the email. Everyone's supposed to wear the uniform. And now this little ass... (laughs) It's coming in here with his Cosby sweater, and we're going to look like a bunch of chumps in our Star Command news newsletter, you know? Oh, Wesley. Oh, Wesley. And with a name like Wesley. Yeah, I want to like him. Anyways, here's a little bit of a recap on the first episode. This isn't the episode we are going to talk about, but here's no. a recap just to give you a general idea of the show. So, uh, the crew of the Star Trek Enterprise are boarded. By Ponce de Leon, who addresses himself as a cube person. He uses his frost breath to freeze one of the red shirts to death. This may sound like an acid trip when I say it out loud, but this is all stuff that is happening in the first, like, ten seconds of the show. And then the cube takes a bunch of forms of, you know, different people. He basically explains that he's, like, a higher life form that can take on any shape and he could go anywhere and do anything. He's basically like a god, basically. And he has a lot of contempt for humanity and he thinks that humans are violent and stupid and whatever. And so he is basically putting humans on trial 
through Captain Picard. He puts Captain Picard on trial, you know, for all of humanity, basically. He disappears, and Picard's like, this guy is crazy, let's get out of here. He decides to split his ship into two parts. Basically, um, the Enterprise has a head and a body, and he tells all of the civilians in the ship to go to the body, and then his main crew goes to the head, and then they branch off so that um, so that the cube will only chase after them, which seems like kind of a um, tedious thing to mention, but it's only to show that Picard, right from the get-go, is, is the kind of leader that is immediately thinking of how can we keep civilians safe and how he as the commander should be the one that deals with the consequences of his actions and he's not bringing other people into it. Which, I don't know, says a lot about his character just in little action, you know? Yeah. Picard realizes that there's no way he could defeat in battle this creature that is basically a god. So he surrenders, and the cube transports him to this jury-type area. So the cube comes floating out in a, in a floating chair. and In a royal floating chair. Yeah. And you could tell that he is very powerful because he is in a floating chair. Meanwhile, Riker, Riker is the bearded fellow. Riker is at a place called Farpoint Station where he meets Wesley, the little awkward teenage boy. And he also meets his hot mom, who he tries to flirt with. Wes is a potential new recruit onto the Enterprise. Uh, his dad had died and Patrick Stewart knew him, so they're kind of like family friends. That's basically the correlation. So the cube lets Picard and his crew go on house arrest, basically. He's still watching them and making sure that they don't do anything bad. Otherwise, he could say, you know, haha, humans are evil, and now I will destroy you all. <laughs> so Picard is trying really hard not to cuss or be mean to Data or have any lustful thoughts about Psychic Gypsy, lest the whole human race be eradicated. Hmm. Picard and Riker meet up. Picard is kind of grooming Riker to be a second-in-command, so he, he gives him the task of reconnecting the Enterprise's head and body. Just remember the piece of the ship disconnected earlier. Uh, Riker calmly gives the orders to have the two pieces connect, to which Psychic Gypsy quietly moans in the background. Picard introduces them, but they know each other already. The show implies that they used to do it. Hard. <laughs> I don't think it ever implied that. That's because you fell asleep. No, I know it. No. It it wasn't just implying like she was psychically talking to him and being like, "Hey, remember when we used to do it?" That'd be awkward if you were a psychic and you accidentally spoke into someone else's mind. <laughs> like, whoops. I can't wait to ravish you. Oh wait. Oh, whoops. Nothing. Your thoughts. Your own thoughts. These are your <laughs> thoughts. <laughs> So, a bunch of other stuff happens where the characters are walking around and getting to know each other on some planet. It doesn't matter. They go to ask some questions of this homeless wizard, but then he spontaneously explodes. The planet is under attack by some unknown ship that's just shooting aimlessly at the planet from space. Which, why are they shooting aimlessly at the planet from space? We'll, we'll find out. Uh, the cube appears before Picard and taunts him, saying that it's probably a human in that ship firing, which is profiling and is wrong. It is. Picard and his crew teleport over to that ship and it appears to be abandoned, but Psyche Gypsy feels anger and hate in the air. Psyche Gypsy. Because she's a psychic. Anyways, it turns out that the ship is actually a giant space jellyfish. You you were definitely asleep. How did point. I miss this? Because you were asleep. <laughs> and it's attacking the town, because the town is also a giant space jellyfish. What? That just looked like a town the whole time because it's an alien that could change forms. And so, so it's a shapeshifter. And so, yep, and so the homeless wizard was keeping that jellyfish hostage. It was keeping it captured there in the form of a town for whatever reason because it could sap its energy or something. Um, and this, the jellyfish in space was trying to shoot at it to free it somehow um, because they were in love the two jellyfish are lovers and when uh, Picard realizes this he's like let the space jellyfish go free and the homeless wizard's like fine dang it I've been keeping it as a town this whole time but I will let it free and so the town turns into a space jellyfish and meets up with the one in space 
and they both are like, we are in love, we will fly off together. And they do that. And that's the end of the episode. <laughs> it definitely didn't help that I was also very tired when I watched this, but <laughs> this is absolutely what happened in the pilot episode. Also, apparently the cube's name is Q, not the cube. So I apologize to all the Star Trek fans out there that have been listening to this and are probably really annoyed this whole time that I've been calling Q the cube. Why have you been calling the cube? Because I was mistaking him for... The only thing I know about the show... One of the only things I know about the show is that one of the bad guys is the Borg. Mm. And the Borg is like this cybernetic race. And they fly around in cubes. Like their spaceships are just like metal cubes. Interesting. I assumed he was the cube, but his name is Q, like the letter Q. He's not Ice Cube, babe. He's not Ice Cube. (laughs) He's like, I didn't find humanity evil after all. I'm having a good day. Just like Ice Cube always says. Oh, gosh. So this is probably one of the worst pilots I've ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) Worse than, um... Worse than Sully Sullenberger. (laughs) Where's <laughs> the Sully Sullenberg? the guy who flew the plane into the Hudson River. <laughs> he was not going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a solid burn. No, I was going to say, is it worse than Full House? Uh, well, no, because um, Star Trek does get better. The pilot episode of Full House did accurately represent the show mm. as it would be. Mm. So it was a better pilot in that sense. Say what you will about Full House, and I will say... A lot of things like that it is bad <laughs> but at least it was consistent mm, true. except for the episode where um dj gets a horse and just keeps a horse in the house and tries to hide it from her hide it from danny and jesse joey and it's like hey what's that what's that that bowling ball sized horse dookie doing on the kitchen floor <laughs> like how do you hide that that's they jump it. That's jumping it a little bit. So that was the pilot. Mm-hmm. So we watched that last night, and we did not have very high expectations at this point. But hey, it gets better. Just like if you're a depressed teen, it gets better. <laughs> That's not funny. I'm sorry. Why are you laughing it's, it's at depressed accurate. teens? They're it's, depressed. It's very accurate. <laughs> laughing at them is the last thing. They I was want. also a depressed teen at one point. Okay, Jordan. <laughs> okay. Okay, it was. Oh, you sad? You sad that you're a teenager? <laughs> oh, it's so sad having your whole life ahead of you. What was your nickname when you were a teenager and you were sad? It was Depressly. <laughs> depressly. I think that's so cute. I would have so owned that if I was a teenager. Remember? No, you yeah. wouldn't. What's up, guys? I'm Depressly. I don't think you get it, babe. People calling me Depressly made me depressed. It was a catch-22. Mm. Okay, so we're going to watch uh, Season 3, Episode 15. Heck yeah! Which is called Yesterday's Enterprise. We picked this because it is a fairly good standalone episode that kind of encapsulates a lot of the themes of the show. Um, It it was kind of hard picking one standalone episode of Star Trek to watch, especially because um, normally in the show we kind of do a before and after episode with the Mm -hmm. pilot, and there was nothing to connect to anything with this pilot because the pilot was so bad. The pilot was pretty bad, yeah. So uh, let's see what happens in yesterday's Enterprise. And I promise it is better than the pilot and there are no space jellyfish. So we skipped ahead to the third season to watch an episode called Yesterday's Enterprise. And it is, I'd say, dramatically better than the pilot. Um, I thought it was all right. You thought it was just all right? Yeah. The things I really liked about it were Professor X. I really liked Whoopi Goldberg and her spaceship shuttle hat. And I really liked um, the black hole because that was very interesting. The bu- Are we still talking about Whoopi Goldberg? <laughs> Do you mean the, the wormhole? The wormhole. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know that Whoopi Goldberg was in Star Trek. Yeah. Yeah, she was a good actress, though. I really liked her part. <laughs> she did yeah, a good job being a serious... she has been acting for such a long time, we forgot that that is the reason <laughs> she was famous to begin with. Yeah, well, I always thought it was Ghost. That you thought she was famous because she was a ghost. <laughs> yeah, well, she was in Ghost. I guess. That I thought that's like what made huge, her famous. That wasn't really a huge role. Hmm. 
It's a pretty big. Role. Okay, remember that woman from Ghost? She's gonna be a star. <laughs> so the episode begins with the Star Trek Enterprise D, which is the name of the ship. Uh, big flying. D. <laughs> Sorry. What, is it, what does that stand for? The Enterprise D is flying through space, and a, a wormhole opens up. Suddenly, things... Everything changes. Everything changes. A character is there who is not supposed to be there. The cute blonde girl. The cute blonde girl. Which I can't think of her name. It was Yar. She, at this point in the show, has been killed off. Um, again, there's a big gap. Obviously, a lot of stuff has happened between the first episode and you know, this the third season. One crucial thing that happens is that Yar is Yar. killed off. Yar. She's killed off very <laughs> unceremoniously, much to the chagrin of the fans who liked her and thought she deserved a better death. No, Yar was a character. Yar! Okay. No, so basically there's an episode where they are fighting this giant... Robot. Nope. <laughs> it was this giant, like, swamp monster, but um, it just looked like a bunch of black, like, hefty garbage bags. Classic. Monster. Classic. It was very kind of stupid looking. I looked at the concept art for it, and it was actually kind of creepy looking. It was like something out of um, H.P. Lovecraft or, like, Stephen King. But the execution of it on screen was not good. It just looked like a garbage bag monster. Low budget, yeah. Yeah. That's a bummer. Um, so basically, mm-hmm. uh, she is like, I'm going to go run over here. And Picard's like, don't do that. And the, the garbage monster uses his psychic powers to just instantly kill her. Yeah, super anticlimactic. So we know something is obviously very wrong because... Picard turns around and there she is, alive and just like everything is hunky dory. Like she wasn't just killed by a bunch of garbage bags. Hunky dory. Uh, a new ship appears out of light speed, warp speed, whatever, whatever the very fast <laughs> method of travel is in the show. Warp speed. Warp speed. It is the Enterprise C, which is kind of like a smaller version of their ship. Um, there was a distress call coming from the ship saying like they've been attacked and they need help and so uh captain picard you know decides let's send a rescue let's go rescue them they go off to rescue this uh this enterprise c and meanwhile Whoopi goldberg is having a strange feeling and you could tell she's having a strange feeling because she is looking out a window very contemplatively, like a businessman looking at his city at night while drinking a, a, a cocktail. Um, I don't know why they brought her on the show, because they already had Gypsy Psychic, and she's just a psychic, so it's kind of like... Gypsy Psychic. You got your bases covered, and also a gypsy. Why do you need Whoopi Goldberg? Why is she there? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, you know what it is? Um, a couple times in the episode, she's bartending. Maybe this is obvious for someone who's watched the show before. Like, she's the bartender. Duh. I don't know if she's the bartender or not. So maybe she is also the bartender. And Hmm. so that's kind of a nice combination of psychic and bartender. Yeah. Yeah. Kill two birds with one stone. Yeah. You don't even have to talk. You could just literally read their thoughts and know exactly what they're thinking. It's like, you want a mojito. No, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, you don't even feel insecure. It's not a gay drink. (laughs) So I don't want a mojito. I want a beer. It's like, why? Okay, but in your brain, because I'm psychic, you're thinking I want a delicious mojito and I want to wear short shorts. I don't! Shut up! <laughs> he starts getting, like, hassled by his friends. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I don't know who this, like, bro is on the on the ship. Just this bro that hangs out at this, this spaceship bar. Well, he likes, he likes the big D, so... <laughs> Sorry. How many times? I'm you, taking that joke too you're gonna, far. You're gonna drive that joke right into the ground. It is worth mentioning though that the Enterprise D is significantly better. It's significantly bigger than the Enterprise C. Of course it is, because it's a big D. Yeah, I mean it is factually a big D. Um, so the captain of the Enterprise C is in the the captain's chair. She's injured. A lot of her people are dead. So in this new reality. Uh, the Enterprise and the Galactic Federation has been at war with the Klingons for 22 years. 
And the reason this is the case is because uh, this lady, who's the captain of the, of the Enterprise C, she decided to rescue some Klingons who were in need of help. And then she is suddenly, in the midst of that, she has suddenly gone through a wormhole and is, you know, popped out of that existence and is now suddenly 22 years in the future. Um, she is meant to have been in the past and she is meant to have helped the Klingons. And by helping the Klingons, they, um, that basically ended the war because they saw it as a act of goodwill or something. Um, or at least that's what they're assuming because by her not being there, they are suddenly at war and they weren't at war before. Yeah. So basically her time traveling has created this awful future where billions of people have died in this 22 year long war. She says that they were basically outnumbered and they were about to die before they went through the wormhole. So Picard realizes that if they send her back through the wormhole, back to her time, it would basically mean sending her and her crew to their death, basically. Mm -hmm. So right from the get-go, we have this very, um, this very complex, <laughs> not, not just a narrative because... I'm probably not explaining it very, explaining it very well, but uh, morally complex, you know, situation where, uh, you know, you you might be able to save billions of people by definitely sacrificing some people, but would you do that? And would you do that with, especially with not knowing for sure if that is the case? This is all their assumption, but they have no way of actually knowing. Anytime, anyway. anytime you're ready to take a break from that peanut butter and chocolate, we could get back to the podcast. Mm, that's so good. Okay, guys, I'm eating this delicious, smooth, dark chocolate with this natural Jif peanut butter creamy. Oh, so good. Yeah. Is it as good as recording an episode of this podcast? It's better. <laughs> <sighs> Ladies, come on. You 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 <laughs> you understand <laughs> where my ladies at? Yeah, where are your ladies at? Yeah. Picard tells the crew um, about the plan of hey, this sucks, but we have to send them to their deaths. Whoops! And the crew is not really down for it. Meanwhile, Meanwhile. Yar, who's still alive, is crushing on this dude who is um, like the first mate to the Enterprise C captain. And he is Shooter McGavin from Happy Gilmore. So Yar is crushing on Shooter. Yar! She is fairly confident that he's going to die, which makes it very bittersweet. Mm -hmm. um, Sad. But they have a, a sweet little little, little thing. A little romance thing. Little romance. And he tells her that if he survives, because he, he, he knows, he's aware of what's happening, that they need to go back in time to prevent this timeline from existing. But it means that they're going to die. And he says, hey, if I happen to survive and you see a dude that's in his 50s and he's looking off wistfully and imagining what life could have been like with you, it's probably him. Jory, would you still be with me if I was suddenly like 22 years older, like just like that? Oh, of course I would. Yeah. Would you? Yeah, of course. Let's say for the sake of example, I would be 52. Uh-huh. You'll have like the sexy old man, like pepper beard and hair. Yeah. Yeah. I sure hope that I, um, I think everyone has a peak age, and for some guys, it's when they're older. George Clooney. Mm. I'm hoping that that is the case for me, because I don't think my peak has happened yet. <laughs> <laughs> no. And then when I'm old, I'm going to be like, I looked better when I was young. <laughs> then I'm going to fall. And I'm going to be like, ah, ah! my bones. <laughs> oh, um, gosh. Because I'll have weak bones, because I'm old. So you would be into me as a 52-year-old? Yeah, totally. This is you today. Yeah. I, so I, I find how, older guys attractive sometimes. Which older guys? <laughs> what older what, what older guys? Okay, not like way old guys, but, you know, I'm going to push you down the stairs because you're made of glass. <laughs> <laughs> but, sir, like, how, would, how exactly would you explain this at Thanksgiving? That you're 52? Yeah, that I'm suddenly 52. I, would, I wouldn't explain it. I would just bring you to Thanksgiving dinners. Everyone would be like muttering like, he is not looking good. 
You, would you still find me attractive if I was 52? Nope. <laughs> really? <laughs> That's the next one. Next topic. People that I work with are always shocked to hear that I'm 29. Yeah. Jory is blessed with a very youthful face. Which is nice. Mm, I don't know if that's a blessing. I've been questioned by many people. Like a police officer when we were dating. And Wes and I were like 24, 23 or 24. Yeah. And we were dating at the time. And, like, and this police uh, officer literally came up to like my car window. Like, I better hope that she's not 16 because I am in the back seat with her. <laughs> that's pretty bad. Yeah. So you wouldn't find me attractive no, in 52? Of, no, of course Oh, of I'm course. Not. Oh, of course. Of course I would, babe. I love you. <laughs> Plus, uh, <laughs> men tend to die way younger than the woman, so um, you already would live longer than me anyway, so we'd be more even at that point. I don't know if I'm going to live longer than you. I eat terribly. Yeah. Jory eats, <laughs> like, chocolate and steak and french fries, and that's it. Yeah, pretty much. And Pepsi. And bean burritos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One of these days, you're going to pass a kidney stone the size of my head. <laughs> Probably. So Yar is catching wind that something is amiss. Especially with her. What is that wind that I'm catching? Yep. Uh, she, <laughs> <laughs> uh, she talks to Whoopi. Who knows? Something's up. <laughs> and she tells her that not only did she die, but that she died without a purpose. Because Whoopi has no bedside manner, apparently. Mm-mm. She's like, <laughs> I know you're feeling bad, but would it make you feel better to know that you died in a really stupid, dumb way? At this point, some Klingon warships have flown through the wormhole. Uh, I don't know if they were just in the neighborhood or if they were um, from the Enterprise Seas time and they crossed over from the battle. But either way, they are attacking both of them. And in in the battle, um, the Enterprise C commander dies. Mm-hmm. So their plan to send them back to the past is kind of shot. So Yar offers to fly the ship back uh knowing that it's a suicide mission you know he objects to it because he doesn't want her to die again obviously yeah but she gives the speech about how she wants to die she's going to die anyways and she wants to die for a purpose and if she can't do this she would be preventing this war from happening and she would actually die an honorable death which picard can't really argue with because she's right even though it's sad and so he agrees, and she decides to do it. So she and Shooter McGavin go on the Enterprise C, and they have a sweet little moment together where they basically know they're both going to die. But um, you know, sad. Yeah, but but they kiss. They kiss and sweet. That's cute. Yeah, and so they go off through the wormhole to presumably die, um, because once they go through the wormhole, suddenly everything is back to normal. Yar is gone. And there's no mention of the Klingon war ever happening. Uh, Them going back in time means that they could continue rescuing those Klingons. The Klingons see that it is an act of goodwill, and that creates a chain of events that prevent this war from going on. But it definitely means that they died in the process. Yeah. So it is sad, but it is what has happened. That's the story, people. That's the story. Morning, Jory. (laughs) Picard, being a good leader, decided that a few people sacrificing themselves was worth the cost of preventing a long-scale war, although it was important that they also made the choice themselves, and it wasn't just like, see you suckers, you're gonna die. Yeah. Good luck. I mean, they, they, they gave Yar a proper fitting death, I think. I thought Star Trek would be a little bit more gripping, and unfortunately it wasn't. So. I thought so, too. I mean, I like I liked it in general, I think. Yeah, Professor I, X did a really good job. I liked the characters. I just think that they needed more stuff to do. But again, we're just watching two random episodes. Exactly. Um, so don't take over for it. We're, yeah. we're terrible podcast people. I could understand... <laughs> I could definitely, I get, I get the sense that if you were to watch all seven seasons, you could really understand the characters evolving, and I could appreciate that. Like, the characters seem to have the potential for depth, mm-hmm. but just based on the episodes we're seeing, there wasn't much for them to do. But that's probably not even a fair assessment, because again, we just jumped right in with very little information. So it's not really the most assess- accessible show for first-time watchers, I don't think. Mm, probably not. 
I know. Now I really, really, really want to watch X Men though. To be honest with you, okay. I haven't seen the first X Men movie, and it's been a good solid minute. I know it was kind of like cheesy. It's a little dated. It's a little dated, but do, it was do, also hey, kind hey, of hey, babe, good. Real quick, yeah. Do, do, you, do you know what happens to a frog when it's hit by lightning? And uh, no, what happens to it? Same thing as that. Hap- that uh, the, it is the same thing that happens to everything else that is hit by lightning. That is the quote. It gets electrocuted. It, it gets electrocuted. Okay, let's start over. I'll be Halle Berry, and you be um, the frog person. Okay, <laughs> so go go slurp 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 slurp. Yeah, make do say whatever a frog would say. <laughs> ribbit ribbit. Yeah, ribbit ribbit. Give me some, <laughs> give me some of them flies. Um, Budweiser, you know whatever. Budweiser. Yeah, Budweiser. No. And 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 I say, hey, Mister Frog. Do you, do you know what happens to a frog that gets by li- hit by lightning? Ribbit, ribbit. The same thing that happens to everything else that is hit by lightning, it gets electrocuted. And then I electrocute you. <laughs> is that really the line in the uh, movie? Uh, yep. And scene. Are you sure? And scene. <laughs> I would almost be down for just, um, if we ever shifted gears in this podcast, to doing a... 80s Jim Henson movie podcast Heck yeah. specifically. I love Jim Henson. Yeah. He did such so, a good job. Labyrinth. The Labyrinth Dark is Crystal. like literally one of my favorites. And yeah, I would be perfectly fine with doing that for Tips. a while. Maybe the second season will just be Jim <laughs> Henson puppet movies. Please. I mean, it's important That'd that we awesome. stick to a theme, so I think that's a pretty solid theme. Yeah, Jim Henson. Right in way in people. If if you want to see if you want to hear us talk about Jim Henson films you should pay us first of all. Yeah, pay us. <laughs> but second of all, it isn't. It costs us money to talk about it, so you better pay us. Does it? Suckers. Does it? Does it? Yeah, I mean, time is money, and we're spending quite a lot of time on this. Oh, mm, yeah, I guess. So. Also, if you have the the option and the ability to ask people for money, why not ask people for money? Yeah, don't give you want to give us money, people? Yeah, we have a platform <laughs> to speak our minds, so give us some of that money that you have. <laughs> Because you have a, a tons of it. Well, we don't know who's listening. Bill Gates might be listening to this. Hmm. And he's like, well, um, I guess I could give you some of my money. Will a thousand million dollars do it? And he's writing a check <laughs> as he's like pushing up his glasses with his finger. And then uh, Donald Trump is like giving him a wedgie. Oh he's my like, gosh. you're fired. Oh my god. You're gosh. nerd. You're nerd. <laughs> i give you a swirly. It's going to be huge. <laughs> Oh gosh! And then Richard no. Richard Branson, who is also a bully, is like, "It's me, Richard Branson, and I'm crazy." <laughs> um, who else is rich? Probably Ellen DeGeneres. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Famous billionaires: Donald Trump, Bill Gates, and Ellen DeGeneres. So, what is the next show that we're going to do, babe? That is a good question because <laughs> this is as far as I've ridden ahead. We had a couple episodes um, that we had on the backlog, and now we are we are right at the end of the plank, and we gotta figure out what we're gonna do. I'm kind of on the fence between Boy Meets World and Cowboy Bebop. Two vastly (laughs) different, very very different shows. Couldn't be different. Couldn't be any more different. Yeah. Um, yeah, if you guys want to weigh in and let us know what you think, if you actually do do watch our podcast, listen to our podcast. Oh you gosh. can watch it on YouTube, even though it's just audio. You can still watch it technically. <laughs> technically, yeah. So um, you can say watch. Yeah. So if you guys um, follow our podcast and want to weigh in, please feel free to do so. Yeah. If you want us to talk about Boy Meets World, that would be great because I really like that show when I was growing up. Um, or Cowboy Bebop, which would be very interesting because I've never seen Cowboy Bebop. I'm very 50-50 because I want a show that... We've been doing a lot of shows that I like, and so I want to do a show that Jory has actually watched before. Damn straight. But at the same time, I'm really excited to show her Cowboy Bebop because I think she would like it. Yeah. So I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. So you guys go ahead and vote. Let us know. Yeah. Vote, people. Get yeah. out there and vote. Yeah, voter, voter die. Just vote, like um, voter die. People. R. R. Kelly would say. Was that R. Kelly? It was some guy. Some guy. Okay. It was. It was some <laughs> rapper of questionable moral integrity. Okay. <laughs> um, 
We are always looking for feedback on the show and what we could do to improve. Feedback. So let us know. Uh, go let ahead. Us know. Email us if you have. Leave us a comment. Yeah, leave us a comment. If you have negative things to say to us, you could email us at wesandjoryfu at gmail.com. And if Do you we have, actually have this? No. Okay. <laughs> of course not. Okay. Why would I create that account? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just telling people, like, if you have something negative, email it to an account that doesn't exist so I don't have to look at it. Uh, oh, I see what you did there. Yeah. I understand and if you now. And if you have positive things, Gosh. just send it to wesandjoryfupodcast uh, at gmail.com. <laughs> Yeah, if you guys uh, want to weigh in, if you guys have things to say, if you guys want to make your voice be heard, share it. Shout it. Shout it from the highest rooftop. <laughs> Shout away. So between, so how would you rate this episode between uh, a scale of 1 to 10, where 1 is Yar being killed Yar. by a bunch of garbage bags, Ooh, and bad. 10... Which is young Tom Hardy playing Patrick Stewart, even though that wasn't in this episode because that is in a movie and it doesn't really count. But I can't think of a what higher point of movie. I can't hear of a higher point than that. It's Star Trek Nemesis. Or um. Oh, that's right. You did. Tell, oh, you tell me that. Um. I would probably give it a seven. No, I probably give it like a six. <laughs> <laughs> sorry okay. it's 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 over the good mark but it's not in the great mark okay mm-hmm. i would give it uh 10 out of 10 clams oh gosh because of the xena podcast oh goodness y'all know that if you listen to the xena podcast and know how pissed off i was because he literally kept saying clams for the past like half hour jory doesn't <laughs> want to admit it but she loved that clam joke oh gosh it's just so bad yeah. it's not even funny babe i love you but it's not funny i hear what you're saying but i also um will continue to do it anyways so, Jory, do you want to do you want to end the episode on the Star Trek theme song no, with lyrics no, by Gene Roddenberry, no. famous scumbag, <laughs> famous and scumbag. poet, and adulterer, <laughs> oh, and gosh. F- and fighter pilot hero, and also adulterer? Ugh. Um, Sounds like a real winner. Beyond no. the rim of the starlight, no, no, no. No. my love is wandering in starflight. No, no, no. no. <laughs> yeah, I know. He'll find in star clustered okay, reaches. Okay, guys. Okay. Love, okay. Well, we will talk to you guys later. Star Woman teaches. And um, that just ends I our episode of Star Trek: The Next Generation. His Star Trek. Have a great go night. Forever. We'll be here all night. Okay. Bye bye. Bye everybody. <laughs> to infinity and beyond. <laughs> okay. That's the thing that they say in Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs>